That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Blue Mountain Village Voices. I'm your host, Andrew Sigwart, and joining me today is Sydney Davidian. We had a great conversation with local cycling advocate, Bill Abbotts. Bill is also the recipient of the Province of Ontario's Senior of the Year Award for the Town of Blue Mountains. He's such a great guy. Yeah, he really is, and it's such a huge accomplishment. Um, He came in here with so much energy and so much to talk about for the cycling community in order to get Blue Mountain where we want it to be, and uh, it was great to have him on. Bill is a real go-getter. He rolls up his sleeves. He helps out where he can. And he really is what I would call a community leader. So let's jump right into it and enjoy this discussion. Hi, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Great, great. Should be out cycling today, but we'll get this done quick. We'll get this done quick and then maybe we can go for a ride after. Deal? Deal. Awesome. All right. Tell us what brought you to the town of Blue Mountains. Basically, after returning from Australia by boat 40 years ago, family brought us back. I'm fifth generation here, and it was an easy place to come to after we had lived in Australia and built our boat there and sailed it back here. We had retired on the front end, and we traveled quite a bit for seven or eight years. Turns out TBM was the best place for us. Absolutely the best. Life has been great to us here. A good career at Blue for 21 years community care access center in in owen sound for five years now i've been retired for about 10 years and now you're you're taking up the charge and uh <laughs> volunteering your skills and efforts and helping us be the best community we can be i try and do lots of positive things i i get a little upset sometimes with social media and all the negativity there it frightens me yeah because i don't think some of those people are seeing the bigger picture well, and I think you are someone that focuses on the positive, and that's really what you're all about. And that leads us to celebrate this award that you were just honored with, which is the Provincial Award Senior of the Year for the Town of Blue Mountains. Congratulations. Thank you. How does that feel? It feels great. But first of all, it should have my wife's name, Sue, on it, too, because we've been supporting each other for over 50 years in all our endeavors. So it's been a team effort. Aww. Uh, I was on Thornbury Council for nine years when it was just Thornbury and I, when I returned and uh, I worked on, on the harbour development. So that's sort of where some of this started. I've been actively working behind the scenes ever since for all sorts of projects, whether it be Marsh Street or paved shoulders or waterfront access for the masses or trying to get some housing. I worked for Habitat for Humanity and there's lots and lots of other people that have supported us along the way. Yeah, I didn't realize that you were on town council back when it was a different municipality. What was that experience like? It was pretty hectic. I, I'm not a great uh, person for for all the paperwork and, and the plans, and, and that I, I'm more of a roll, roll up your sleeve. Yeah, I went to Ottawa. Perrin Beatty was was our member at the time, and and uh, John Crosby was minister, and we went to Ottawa on a, a holiday and I stopped in to see them and my kids said, 
you can't go in there. And I said, he pulls his pants on one leg at a time, just like me. That's right. Let's go see him. That's see right. what he's got to say. Yeah. And I would imagine for you as a representative, you probably had that mindset where people came to you all the time. And you, I would imagine knowing you, you probably had that mindset. It was a little different back then. It was it's council council members were it was a lot different. So yeah, yeah we had some people come to us, but we we didn't have near the the social media or or any of those other things. And yeah. so it would be the odd phone call and and on the street type of thing. Yeah, well, you bring up an interesting perspective because you've seen community engagement and politics change you know you, you like you said you've been involved in a lot of committees you've been uh, a contributor do you think we're in a place now where community engagement has grown for the better or do you think we're taking steps back that's a tough question andrew i i, I think the politicians need to be a little more definite and stronger and think more about the bigger picture Mm. and some of them are reacting too much i hate to say it but nimbyism like it's it's they got to be stronger i think than than they are now some of them it's taking leadership isn't it making tough decisions yeah you you gotta you gotta think of the bigger picture and the 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 full full city the full or the full town the full province the full country not just what's in this backyard I understand that, and I, I I relate to that. We're gonna we're gonna come back to that as a Oops. as a conversation point, but I I think you're bang on. Why do you think it's important to volunteer in our community? The community has been good to us, Sue and I, and Joe and Jennifer and and Caroline and and all our family. I believe you got to pay it forward a little bit. People have been good to me all over the world. I've hitchhiked all around Europe for a year and a half, and people picked me up and gave me this and gave me that and. I think it's important that you give back. And that's what Sue and I are doing. And also, there's many, many, many other people behind the scenes. If if I need an email blast, I have a lot of people that can send an email. So this is how we got uh, Paved Shoulders on Frogs Hollow Hill in Meaford. Mm-hmm. We had over 200 emails into the counselors there saying that this this is a safety issue and you got to do it. And finally, we got it done. And that's just an example. A lot of people back us up. Yeah. yeah it's a really important point you raise. It's, it's you volunteer, and it's not necessarily about what you do specifically, but it's about the connections you make and you, you work with people to achieve things, which I think is important. Relationships. Yeah. Relationships. I have great relationships with a lot of different, the deputy mayor in Meaford, I can call her up. Some of the counselors here in Thornbury, I can call up and say, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. And here's why. And here's an alternative. Like, you've got to be positive. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're also offering solutions. So how do you, you know, how do you get to find solutions? Do you do your own research? Do you talk to others? What sources do you use to come up with those ideas? All of those things. Yeah. yeah. Talk to the to the people on the street that, that know, like... There's this quiet, silent majority out there that's not being heard, and it's important that I, I know they have a communications uh, committee, but I really don't think that the silent majority is getting their message. I think it's a loud, loud few that are, are getting their message across. Yeah, and I, what? I don't know. I don't know the solution except yeah. 
go bike with a group, go walk with a group, go down to the beach, go play tennis, whatever. But talk to all the people. Mm -hmm. Connect with people where they are as opposed to waiting for uh, them to come to you. That's good advice. What have you learned about yourself through your volunteer work? It kind of comes naturally. My my wife is involved in the church. My mom was involved in the church. My dad, my dad was uh, less involved in things. He was more of a, a hunter and a trapper and and whatnot. But it's nice to see some of the projects come to fruition. We got paved shoulders on Gray County Road thirty one, which is not in the Blue Mountains, but it's regional. We 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 have to think more regional anyway. Yeah. So we got great paved shoulders on Gray one nineteen. And it was really good. People told us we couldn't get it done. But again, with all the help and and good presentations and emails and relationships, we got it done. And it was really great to see that. Yeah. And it's hugely safer. The road will last longer. Like I'm starting to preach here to the, <laughs> to the converted a little bit. But yeah, it, it's it was great to see some of these projects. Frogs Hollow Hill, uh, the harbor. I think that's part of what makes it worthwhile seeing the outcomes getting the results yeah and leaving a legacy where where my family my kids my grandkids all they all ride bikes yeah i mean my my two-year-old was on on a bike before he could walk so wow (laughs) so yeah leave something out there yeah well i think a lot of people in the community know you for your cycling advocacy and, and all the great accomplishments. Um, you know, where did your love of cycling begin? How, how did you, where, where did you start? The uh, yeah, background on my, my computer at home is a picture of my mom in 1941 on her bicycle, straddling her bicycle. So that, that's, before I was even born, there, were, there was cycling in, in my blood. And then I used to uh, deliver papers as, as a as a school uh, school kid, I had a, a bike and my dad made boxes on the back to put oh. my papers in. And I have a picture of, again, of, uh, of my sister sitting on the boxes. So yeah, I, I, at university, I had a, a bike to get around. I had a girl's bike because I thought it would get stolen less, but <laughs> we, we, had a, <clears throat> we had a lot of it stolen and then unstolen. I think it was the original bike share. Uh, the original <laughs> bike share, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've had a bike most of my life, one way or the other. What do you think cycling does for uh, an individual? My daughter just sent me a, a thing, the 60 Minutes of Cycling, and it had all the good things about it. I, I don't remember them all, but basically it, it's my health, mm-hmm. my physical health and my mental health. At 75, I need to I need to keep in shape. I need to keep moving. I need to keep my mind active. And I need to keep it calm when, when necessary. So if you go out on your bike, once you get up to the top of the hill, because we have to climb the escarpment here all the time. Yeah. Once you get up to the top and you look at the views, different days are different with the flowers, the, the, the roadside flowers, the, the deer and, the, and the, the, all, the, all the other things that you see out there. And they just, just go, just calms you. Yeah, that's part of why I cycle. And I guess some people could get that from taking a drive, but there's something about achieving that on your bike, isn't there? I, I have a, a limited uh, brain capacity, or what you would call a, a, a walking's too slow for me. Uh, 
driving's too fast. You miss <laughs> too much. So cycling seems to be a balance. It's that happy medium. A happy medium for me, anyways. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, our cycling community is very strong. Our local cycling community, but also we attract a lot of people from all around Canada, in fact, the world, to cycle here. And cycling is uh, uh, a hot topic in a lot of our policy work. What do you think? This is a, a, th- a three-level question. What do you think we need to start, stop, or keep as it relates to cycling? Like, what, what are the things we need to focus on and what, what do we need to change? When I was thinking about something like this, I thought more education for all our road users. We had a, a great stakeholders group together before COVID mm-hmm. that was starting to do videos, starting to do other programs and, and things because we need we need the cyclists to behave. We also need not to be buzzed by trucks or, or cars on the road. So this group pre-COVID was together starting to get videos and starting to do programs, but it hasn't been rejuvenated. We need to rejuvenate that committee as far as I'm concerned yeah. because education, we've got to educate more. I, I've always been with the idea that the more cyclists there are on the road, the more the motorists are going to know that we're going to be on the road. And it has got a lot better. I've been buzzed a lot less every year for the last 10 years, but there's still the odd vehicle that comes too close. Can you explain what the experience of being buzzed is like? Personally, all all the hair stands up like like it's like a shiver Mm. and a shake. and, And you think, oh my God, if I had a had to move over for a, a, a for a pothole or a little bit of glass or a, or something on the road and he hits me at 30 I'm going to be damaged at 40 I'm going to be damaged more at 50 or 80 I'm going to be dead yeah the stakes are high yeah yeah we're the most vulnerable users out there that and, and it's not just the cyclists there's so many more pedestrians with covid as I go out in the country now there's so many people pole walking and there's some of these great people are picking up the garbage because of buffoons that are throwing it out one way or the other. I always stop and thank them because they're doing us a great service. And again, you're you're traveling at a slower pace. You can see that stuff, right? You yeah. can pick it up. Yeah. yeah, and you see it worse in the spring. I know. Ooh. I know. I hate that. Yeah. I go out of my way to try to do that. And I know there's a lot of groups that organize great clean up the, the the pathways but i feel like covid-19 has sort of put a lot of that on the back burner what 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 was it like for you retired uh, but very engaged in the community doing a lot of volunteer work what how did you how did you react to covid how did that impact your life it scared the hell out of me it was a thing that that changed all, like nobody knew exactly what we were dealing with and it changed as we went along and again i tried to look at Okay, yeah, now they know this. So they're telling us to wear a mask. Now they know this, they're telling us this, this, and this. Other people, <laughs> I get so upset with some some of the people. For me, we usually go to Florida in November for of the month. We couldn't do that last year. Mm. Probably can't do it this year. I usually go to Cuba in the winter for a month to, to cycle. Uh, I want to go to back to Australia for another winter can't do any of those things right now it's a loss isn't it oh it's huge it's hurting families yeah because you got some people in the family that don't want vaccinated what what do you do you you almost have to say okay 
if you don't want to be vaccinated, we'll see you when you want to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and that hurts. Hurts like hell. Back to our conversation about start-stop for cycling. Um, what do you think we're getting right in terms of cycling infrastructure? Now, you mentioned we've got some paved shoulders and some investments there. What other things are we doing well? Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We started in education. I talked to the, to the OPP. I'm, I'm fairly good friends with a couple of the uh, upper uh, OPP guys. And yeah. they, they are seeing less issues. And we have to get everybody singing from the same songbook because some OP, OPP officers are saying this. Some are saying that I ride with a judge and I ride, I ride with a, a, a retired OPP and they're telling me what these rules are. There's different rules for different interpretations of these mm-hmm. rules. It's difficult. What else are we doing? Well, uh, there's so many different kinds of cycling, so many facets. There, there's events, there's road, there's gravel, there, there's uh, e-bikes, there's fat tires, there's mountain biking there's so many facets of it so it's it's hard to to uh cater to everything that all these different groups need that's so that's a good point isn't it yeah it's not the cycling community they're diverse themselves absolutely what what can you explain expand on some of those trends a little bit like the fat bike and and i think that's more geared to winter isn't it yes more geared to winter some of the fat bikes i've seen in the summer in the in the uh bush trails right the the guys that ride mountain bike in Kalapur, lori or or three stages they need parking because they they don't bike to where they to where they go so they need parking uh the road bikes when they're in groups they also need a place to stage from like rockland or beaver valley community center the touring people there there's touring uh that's completely supported like our great waterfront trail adventure that, that was here in a couple of weeks ago that's completely supported so you don't the bikes just bike and then there's the cross-country people you see coming down from tobermory with with their panniers and i don't know where they camp i'm, I'm sure some of them just find a feel along the way and camp and but they're completely self-contained yeah so yeah and the e-bikes more and more and more e-bikes out there have you taken an e-bike for a spin at all? Not yet. Not yet. Maybe when I get old. <laughs> exactly. Save that for a later time. Uh, I'm in the same camp as you. It's a really interesting point that you raised that I hadn't thought of, and that is that a lot of cyclists require the similar infrastructure that motorists require in terms of parking or other, um, or other supports. So in a way, there's some real alignment there. 
So uh, whether it's a motorist coming here to enjoy the the outdoors or a cyclist, you kind of all need to align on getting better parking, better, you know, places like Metcalf Rock or Kolapore. Do you see that those uh, communities are getting better alignment working together? I think you're going to touch on it later in the transportation master plan. Yeah. And, and I, I was one of the stakeholders in the, in the leisure activities plan. And I always brought that up that, that uh, waterfront should be open to everybody that there's a way at Bayview park that we can make more parking there when, when we have uh, jazz in the park or several other uh, things that I, that I suggested. There's a lot of crossover between the leisure activities plan and the transportation master plan. I'm trying to be a stakeholder on the transportation master plan too. That's good. It's good. You you bring an important voice to all those. So you kind of have to. Yeah. Tourism and cycling go hand in hand. So uh, we have a lot of visitors who cycle here. How do you think we stack up with some of the great cycling destinations in the world? We've we've great terrain here for cycling events because we have the the escarpment for climbing and we have the nice long areas. And we have the what you can do in a, in a loop. So we have really good uh, terrain for events. And we've run them for the last number of years. Centurion, I don't know how many years now, maybe 10 or 12. Yeah, more than 10, yeah. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it's run its cycle with events. Uh, I'm not sure about this, the, the future of events. We may need to find different ways to control intersections because the OPP may not be available. So yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to run all sorts of events. Niagara has a, a lot of uh, touring to the wineries, etc., like Steve Bauer and, and various other tours. We may be able to do that here. Uh, that may be an opportunity. Again, we have the escarpment that is a bit of a barrier to it, so we have to figure out how do we get the people up there? Do we keep the bikes up there? I know Patty's... Uh, Patty's having a little challenges with, with the pedal and paddle yeah. because how do you get the people to the top? That's right. It, it, it is a, a barrier for that group of people. Some of the other uh, road warriors love it. They, they love the climbing. Well, it's, it's tough because you want to be as accessible as possible, right? But sometimes that you, you can't. And I think you're, you're touching on a really important point, which is with increased congestion, more uh, residential growth, even more more tourists, it's not as easy to to close off a road temporarily for an event. So the the nature of our destination will change. Uh, maybe more independent cycling versus organized cycling. Is that something that you've seen in other places around the world? Um, yes and no. If you go to Spain or or um, the islands, but whatever it is, Balearics or whatever, yeah, they have. They use cycling tourism as one of their main things. And their roads are narrower than ours and they don't have, but they're known as a place that there's going to be cyclists. I, I don't know. When I was there, the, the motors seemed to, to uh, uh, you know, allow us a little more room sometimes, a little, be a little more respectful. It's respect both ways. Yeah. But. And is it possible that, they they have a, a long history, so like it it, uh, it builds over time, and maybe we're in our infancy. Would you think is that a fair statement? Uh, yeah, I guess like in Italy, you have the Giro in in 
France, you have the tour in, in Spain right now, the Vuelta is going on. So they have more history with cycling. Absolutely. Yeah, we're in our, maybe in our infancy and, and we need to provide the, some of the structure. Like one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking we need, the transportation master plan is something I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get involved in more and more. I was involved in the uh, Gray County Cycling and Trails Master Plan, mm-hmm. and it talks about routes. And I'm thinking that cycling has changed a lot. It's changed from just road warriors and whatnot. Gravel bikes, e-bikes, people want to explore. Basically, all the roads in the two town of the Blue Mountains and the region, because we've got to think regionally. I bite through four communities when I go for a ride. Of course. We got to think of it as all the roads are cycling, uh, what what people are going to use for cycling, and we need spines for them to get there. The tenth line, I think, should be a spine right from Clarksburg to 119. It should be wide. It should have paved shoulders. Yeah. And then once they're out there, if you go over 119, that, that can be a quieter road because there, there's not the traffic on it. Yeah, it makes sense. It's You're, you're following what traffic, uh, taking the best, I guess, best practices from motor traffic planning to apply it to cycling, which is get your spine, your main corridors, and then you have your offshoots and yeah. connect it all. Yeah, they can go up 21 to, to go up to Loree and, and do a loop. There, and then there's some great gravel just below Loree that, that they can do... Uh, the fourth line across and and then up up into the top end of three stages is gravel road. So, but there's pavement on the fourth line. Anyways, I I ride it all. So, <laughs> so how do you do, how do you ride all that terrain uh, in one ride? What type of bike do you have that allows you to do that? Well, I have four bikes <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> but you can't take four bikes on one no, ride, right? You need one. No, that's- if I'm going out for a ride this afternoon and I'll go from home, I, I try and stay away from this end of the, the municipality. And I probably go up to Walters Falls and or Williamsford or, or Bogner. And I would take a, a, a road bike. Mm. the skinnier tires. If I was going to do uh, Lori and and some of the gravel roads up into the top of three stage, I I have another bike with wider tires. Okay. So the route I take depends on. Is that a, called a hybrid? Yeah, hybrid, but it it's a gravel bike. Okay, basically the hybrid gravel bike. But there's so many different kinds. For sure, <laughs> I guess that's a hard <laughs> just, part, right? Just as many different kinds of bikes as there are different kinds of riding. That's right. Well, I think. It's a point you raise that's really smart as um, oh, cycling is diverse. And so our planning has to be, has to factor that in. You mentioned the transportation master plan. What do you think the cycling community is most looking for from that initiative? Like what, what, what would make it a success? It's got to be regional. Yeah. Because there's no use going, well, 119, 19 connects and 6th Street, you can go into Collingwood. So that's connected already. But there's other roads. 31 goes out to Loretta or or whatever. It's got to be regional because, like I say, I I would go through f- at least four different communities and three or four different levels of road, whether municipal, county, uh, highway sometimes. Yeah. As mi- little as possible, but 
sometimes. Great counties recently had a cycling and trails master plan, and it's pretty much Great County. They have a little bit connected, but not as much as as I was hoping for when I that was three or four years ago when we started. When that. it started, yeah, yeah. Meaford's just just had a transportation master plan, and there's a lot of cycling in it, but it's Meaford, right? Again, it's, one other municipality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's just finished, and it, it's going to council in September. I've got a quite a long letter that's <laughs> that's going to go in on that one. You raise a good point because it's it's regional. All these municipalities are doing these versions of plans. But if they're disconnected, as a, as a local resident, you have to think about being engaged, I guess, in, in all these places. So how do you yes. do that? How, like, how do you carve out the time to, to stay on top of all that, Bill? Well, I don't know how I ever had time to work, because <laughs> I wouldn't have now, for sure. Yeah, I, I watch the agendas from, like, four different municipalities. Yeah. Probably Collingwood, Grey Highlands. Well, not so much Grey Highlands. Even though Collingwood, Town of the Blue Mountains, Meaford, and Gray County, I watch all those. And Brendan Matheson from from Simcoe County is a is a, a huge great resource. Yeah, great, he great really guy, is. and he, such a, a, a an enthusiastic ambassador for cycling. It's wonderful. So he kind of he kind of looks after that. Brian Plumstead in Gray County has been a great great. Uh, uh, help with the cycling community to to get things keep things going pat hoy the the roads guy the the uh, current uh, director of roads is, is also on board most of the time i i talk to pat from time to time <laughs> yeah whenever That's they're going to build roads i want to know ahead of time so i can make sure that they we can make sure that they're considering paved shoulders that's right you have to raise that all the time don't you you've got to remind people yeah Theoretically, they have a, a, a paved shoulder policy, but sometimes they they kind of forget it. It costs money yeah, up front for paved shoulders. And we keep harping on the fact that it pays for itself in 15 years because the road will last longer because the big trucks don't go out and break the edges off. Yeah. Uh, Meaford didn't put anything about a paved shoulder policy in their transportation master plan. I, I was very disappointed with that. These things uh, need to happen, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Because n- now we have to watch every try. We t- we have to try and get up on every construction project they're doing to make sure that they consider it. How optimistic are you that we will be able to think regionally in the years ahead? If we don't, we're dead. We need to. We have to. We must. Uh, they have a mayor's uh, mayor and CAO's uh, uh, group together right now, and I'm 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 hoping that one gets a little stronger. They're meeting monthly. I, I don't know whether that's enough or not. But when I go out, like I say, I, I'm in four different regions on three or four different levels of roads, and a lot of people don't even know. It. They don't know I'm on a road. I don't care whose it is. It just got to be what yeah, I need, of course. I, so many people think that way. I mean, you don't know those different uh, territories. As a user, even if you live here regularly, you, you, it's easy to not pay attention to that. Yeah. And, and why should you? That's right. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> why should you? It's a very good point. <laughs> we have talked a lot about attainable housing. And we've talked about it from the vantage point of young families, uh, 
uh, workforce, um, uh, single, uh, young single people. And we know we have a lot of work to do. From our, our senior population, do you think that we're uh, meeting the needs of attainable housing for seniors right now? No. No. And this is a little selfish because eventually I'm going to get old. Eventually. I don't think it'll ever happen. But. Well, they maybe carry me out of my house in a box. Never mind. But <laughs> Probably but, on a bike. On a bike. I think, I think we have to, uh, I don't know how to phrase this nicely, but we had a what seemed like a nice project, a good project behind what is the Thornberry Clinic now. Yeah. A few years ago. I don't know if you were here I remember then or you remember it. it. And NIMBYism killed it, I think. And it would have been a great project. You, you would have had your, when you couldn't live in your own home and you need a little bit of assistance, there was something there. And then there was a stage next. And then there was a stage Oh, it's a great next. concept. And the clinic's right there. It, it would have been wonderful, but it got killed. And then just recently, they had one, a similar type of scenario out Alice Street, which is near where I live. And I think maybe... I don't know whether I can say this or not. Greed killed that. All of a sudden, the, the land price went through the roof. Mm. So that one is on hold. I, I know my, my, my dad, he needed more care. He had to go to me for, right. for, for the care he needed. My mom was luckier. She lived in Maple Villa in her later years. So that was a, an, a I th- what do you call it, when they partially paid Oh, it was like there was a partial to income, support. Yeah, yeah geared to income, income sort of scenario. Yeah. And that used to be mostly for older folks. And now there's all sorts. It's full of families. And I, I don't know what the waiting list is. So It must be high. And yeah. Imagine for you, you're in it. In, well, let me ask you, you're in an interesting position. So you, you yourself, uh, you're looking toward the future, want to see housing that's going to help you, uh, you know, uh, maintain your quality of life. And, and also you have children in the community and you want to see them do well and stay right so yeah. in response to some of those challenges you've you've observed what do you think we need to do to get there i think i mentioned it before the politicians need to step up and think of the bigger picture right and be leaders i think i first heard this from dan skelton when when he was talking about you can stick 50 signs in your front lawn and stop anything almost and he said that the he said the leaders need to step up. I heard him say that, and I thought, right on, Dan, right on. You're right. It is leadership, and Bill, I think you are bringing that leadership to the community through your volunteer work, through your advocacy, and uh, you know what advice do you have for the young advocates and the community builders? It's not necessarily a lot of money that people earn in the social sector. When you're a volunteer, you're doing it all, you know, on your own time. Um, what advice do you have for people who have passion but might not get the resources to support it? What, what's your advice for them on how to uh, bring that grassroots leadership to communities? Relationships, I think. You may not have voted for him, but he's there. Build a relationship. Then... Uh, relationships with with your peers with your friends build those relationships and and uh, you'll find somebody to give you a poke here that helps and push there and and then just think think about it like where can i find out the more information i know more about 
how to build a road now than I ever imagined I would. But I know more than a lot of the people that are actually making the decisions on building roads or not building roads or, or whatever. Yeah. So I, I try to pass that along gently sometimes. <laughs> sometimes not not so gently. <laughs> you got to bring passion, don't you? Yes, you I guess I have some of that for you absolutely for what do. I do. And great advice. Uh I think you are right on the money and focusing on relationships is is exactly the way to go. Uh well, thank you Bill. Thank you so much for your time. I think your advice on relationships, your advice on working with others and listening and uh being of service are are really important ingredients to a strong community. So thanks for all your work and Congratulations to you and Sue on your uh, recognition for uh, Senior of the Year. And, and we look forward to working with you uh, in the seasons ahead. Good. I'll, I got your number. I'll, I'll be giving you a call. <laughs> call me anytime. You're in the Transportation Committee now where, where I, I was, but I couldn't stay there because I had too many conflicts. Yeah, exactly. I wanted, I wanted to do things so much different. So yeah, you're in the position that, that I had originally. So <laughs> I'm going to be calling you more. You call me anytime, <laughs> uh, anytime. Uh, happy to. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Blue Mountain Village Voices, a production of the Blue Mountain Village Association. For more, go to bluemountainvillage.ca. A production of the Sound Off Media Company. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.